Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. Uh, coming to you uh, with our uh, a great series. Look forward to it every year. It's our season preview series. And I know a lot of uh, stuff in college basketball and sports in general are up in the air this year or is up in the air this year. Um, but we're going to continue on until we hear otherwise, uh, starting with our, our Big Ten preview series where we touch on each team in the Big Ten. And we have a um, a team that, that's been pretty successful here over the last couple of years, uh, and that's Ohio State. And to help us break them down, we have Connor over from our uh, SB Nation affiliate, Land Grant Holy Land. Uh, Connor, how's it going? Doing well. Got the announcement about football today, so I'm glad that is going to, it looks like that's going to get going. So I'm super excited to have, it looks like, several months where we'll have football and basketball overlapping, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, and that, I, I should mention that. I'm not sure our, our what our posting schedule here is going to be as, as far as uh, the podcasts are concerned, but today is the day that the Big Ten announced football is back, uh, so a lot of excitement across the conference. Um, they did the NCAA uh, slipped in by the way that college basketball starting November 25th. So good news all around. Um, but, uh, but yeah, with that, let, let's get into the the topic at hand. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we'll be jumping into Ohio state here today. Um, and I first, I, I want to start with just the general uh, spot where the program's been, um, you know, Chris Holtman takes over a couple of years ago. I, it's hard to, to complain about the results uh, to date. Two NCAA tournaments, and then last year, Ohio State certainly would have made the field had uh, COVID not hit and an NCAA tournament been held. Um, I think you could argue last year's Ohio State team might have been the strongest as well under Chris Holtman and, and one of the strongest, I mean, dating back seven, eight years now. Um, for Ohio State. So what what's the general feeling around Ohio State about, you know, how Holtman has performed as head coach, where things are sitting, and, and sort of how things are moving forward? Yeah, I mean, any time that you, you come and step in after somebody like Thad Mata, obviously, um, it's going to be tough for any coach to live up to those expectations. But he was uh, pretty clear when he first came in a couple years ago that you know, he wasn't trying to beat Thad Mata. He wasn't going to try to show up Thad Mata. And he even he even called Thad Mata before he took the job and wanted to talk to him more about the program and the position and basically wanted to get his blessing to move over from Butler to Ohio State and take that job. Um, I think that he's definitely exceeded expectations in those first few years, especially considering, uh, you know, some people would say that Thad had some bad luck there at the end. You know, Kata Bates-Diop, who turned out to be an NBA draft pick, was injured pretty much his final two years with Mata. Um, Jay Sean Tate had a separated shoulder one season. So um, whether you consider it bad luck or bad recruiting or bad coaching, whatever you want to call it, Mata's last two seasons were um, mediocre to say the best. So Holtman comes in and immediately, you know, basically leads them to three straight tournament appearances if you count last year because you're right they, they would have been there um yeah yeah for sure I mean I I think he's definitely exceeded expectations Ohio State uh was in pretty rough shape the last couple of years before Holtman took over um I'm 2016-17 they're 17 and 15 overall barely above 500 the year before that they weren't a ton better um so really had had sort of bottomed out 
Um, and then Holtman takes the job immediately. Uh, they're up top 25 quality team. Um, and they've really regressed a little bit last season in the sense of, you know, they had, they had a little bubble pressure there, but, um, and then, um, the most recent year where we didn't get to see them finish, uh, really a, a solid unit. I think their record would have been a lot better had the Big Ten been weaker, which is probably true for most uh, teams in the Big Ten. Really a, a deep and stacked league last season, which I think has made a lot of the the team records look a little bizarre. But um, but with that, so we we touched sort of on where things sit overall. Um, what uh, now moving into this season? Um, the team we mentioned last year, they finished eighth overall on Ken Palm, 21 and 10 from an overall record standpoint, 11 and nine in the Big Ten. So uh, not not solidly above 500, but again, very, very tough conference last year. Um, and they finished really well, uh, won four of their last five. Only loss was on the road against Michigan State. Um, what did you make of last year's Ohio State team? Obviously, we didn't get to see them. Uh, conclude and how do you think that's going to feed into this season yeah I uh last year was was odd because um January and Holtman's teams all of his Ohio State teams have had this really weird thing in January where they just forget how to play basketball just for that (laughs) four weeks um I think last and I was trying to pull it up while you were talking I think last season they either went one and four or they went 0-5 in January. And it was right after the, the end of December, they were riding high. They had beat Kentucky in the CBS Sports Classic. Um, they were, I think, top five ranked, and then they just didn't win a game in January. They fell out of the rankings. And then February comes around, and all of a sudden they look more like the team you saw in October, November. But when you lose, yeah, they lost four in a row from December 29th mm-hmm. to January 11th. When you lose four or five in a row, I mean, you can sink down the rankings and out of the rankings real quick. So um, if you remove January completely from the season, I think you're looking at a top five team in the country. But unfortunately, you can't ignore um, a month where they struggled to score 55 points a game. So um, at times they looked you know, like a uh, final four caliber team. And at times they looked like they should be uh, you know, more comparable to Northwestern and, and Rutgers. So it was a very it was a really odd year. And I guess I shouldn't really rag on Rutgers because they also would have made the tournament for the first time in 15, 16 years. Yeah. Rutgers was pretty good last year. Um, No, I I think you hit the nail on the head. They start just racing out of the gate. They hit nine and Oh, overall, they reach 11 and one overall. Um, That includes wins over Kentucky, North Carolina, Villanova, Cincinnati. I know North Carolina last year was not the North Carolina (laughs) of, of years past, um, but on the road, that's not an easy game to win. Uh, you mentioned the Kentucky one. They actually hit number one on Ken Palm there for a week or so before things sort of fell apart in December and January. Um, but still, overall, a, a really solid team. I mean, plenty of quality wins. They would have made the field. Um, who knows what would have happened after that? I mean, th- this is true of just about every team uh, coming into this season. We don't know how they would have finished last year, um, but still a, a, a solid campaign um, moving into what should be a, a really interesting year here with Holtman as we sort of transition away from some of the leftover guys for Thad Mata into really a, a team that's Holtman's own. Um, so let, let's talk about what Ohio State's losing, what Ohio State's bringing in. 
Um, who do you think are, are going to be the big losses from a roster perspective? Um, and then what do you think, uh, what new additions are you, are you really excited about? Yeah, there, uh, there was a lot of turnover this past, this past off season for that roster for sure. And, you know, they lost a couple guys by transfer. They lost a couple guys by graduation. Caleb Wesson's going to go ahead and go to the NBA draft where I think he's going to end up, I think he'll sneak in there somewhere in the back end of the second round, but you lose both the Wesson brothers. You lose Luther Muhammad was a, uh, a very good defensive guard. I think he wanted to actually be a bigger part of somebody's offense, and that's part of the reason he transferred. But Luther Muhammad transferred. Um, DJ Carton's transfer was pretty highly publicized because yeah. he left early in the basically the second academic semester in January, February, somewhere. He left because he said he was having some um, some mental health issues that he wanted to take care of, which you know that's fantastic and good for him to be brave and put that out there. But he ended up transferring to Marquette. Muhammad transferred to uh, Arizona State, Alonzo Gaffney. Um, he at, at first said he was going to go pro, which was peculiar because I think he played about four minutes per game. Um, <laughs> and I think he ended up going to a, a, a community college somewhere. But you're losing five or six guys off that roster. Um, but then you're getting Seth Towns was a uh, Ivy League player of the year at Harvard. He's going to come to Ohio State and play his final year. Uh, Justice Suing, I don't have his stats pulled up, but he sat – his transfer year last year, he played at Cal. Um, he led the Cal Golden Bears in in scoring two years ago, so he'll be there. Um, and then you've got freshmen, you've got Zed Key, and you've got Eugene Brown, who neither of them were were five stars or you know super highly touted, um, but they're going to work their way into the rotation as well. So Ohio State fans and Ohio State fans are going to have a little bit of adjusting to do, and I think basketball fans in general aren't going to know who the heck's on that roster this year because there's been so much turnover. Yes, uh, a lot of turnover. And I, I think the big one to highlight is is Caleb Wesson. Um, obviously, he was probably the team's best player the last two seasons, if not maybe a little bit longer. Um, and the thing is, is that that one year or so, the sandwich year, Holtman comes in, team's really good, team regresses a little bit, then the team's really good again. Um, that sandwich year, really, that whole team was, it lived and died on Caleb Wesson. The second he would a defense would really slow him down or he would go to the bench. Things just fell apart. Last season, they were a lot better. They had, they had a few more options. You know, Walker was able to contribute some Washington, as you mentioned, um, a player that contributed. So that helped out a lot, but he's still a a big, big loss. So I, I think from the negative perspective, he's the guy who you have to be worried about. As far as the new additions, Seth Towns is is the big one. Um, and maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit in our, our preview here uh, to some other sections. But I really think a lot of this season is going to ride on Towns. And um, not only because he's, he's going to have to start, he's going to have to play um, at a position where I'm not sure if there is a, a clear, better option there. But um, I don't know about you, uh, and, and let me know your thoughts if I'm off on this, but I don't see the all Big Ten first team star caliber guy anywhere other than Towns on the team heading into next year. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that Seth Towns and and even he's a wild card because he hasn't mm-hmm. actually played in the game in in two calendar years now. So the hope is that he's totally healthy and he's motivated because you know his talent level is you know he could be in the NBA if he's you know firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders. But when you've been out for two years you don't know what to expect from him. So 
they're going to lean on several guys. You're right. They're not going to have a Caleb Weston that you can look to for, you know, probably 16 to 18 points a game, but they're going to have Towns. They're going to have Suing, who I mentioned before. Um, I think CJ Walker is going to take a, a really big step this year in the offense, as you saw kind of down the, uh, down the stretch of last season. If you watched much of Ohio state, I think he scored in double digits the final five or six games of the year, which he'd only done three or four times in the previous 20 games. So I think he's going to have to step up. Um, and I think Kyle Young is going to be really important for this team too, because he is going to be essentially their center, but he's only six, eight, he's six, eight, maybe two thirty. And uh, I'll actually have a piece coming out tomorrow about Kyle Young and how um, things are going to change for him big time with, with Caleb gone. Cause basically I used Iowa as an example. Um, Caleb took Luca Garza in your matchups with Iowa, or you could say Micah Potter with Wisconsin, any big man. Um, that's going to be Kyle's guy now, but he's only six, eight. Um, so he's going to have to figure it out because he really is the biggest, you know, beefiest guy in Ohio state's team this year. And he's not all that big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's part of it too. I mean, the front court clearly there are some size issues. I like Kyle Young. I've always liked him since he was a recruit. Um, I you know a lot of the Big Ten schools were in on him as a, a high school prospect. I've always liked his game and stuff. Um, it's just you know as you said, I I think it's if this team is going to hit its ceiling, be in contention for a Big Ten title you know, second weekend, third weekend type of stuff in the NCAA tournament, it's going to have to ride and and die with, with towns in a lot of ways, because um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe one of these freshmen hit the ground running, Um, you know, maybe Walker or Washington can elevate their game. Um, But I think it's going to be a lot of stuff by committee unless towns can, can hit that next level. So I think that is really going to be a key to the season. And what's going to be so interesting, because as you mentioned, he hasn't played in a while you know, he, he's coming from the Ivy League, which, you know, needless to say, is, is going to be a pretty big step up here um, in, in competition level. So we'll see. Um, I think he has more than enough talent to do it. Um, just just some big question marks. So um, I guess with that, that feeds into a, sort of our next point. Um, we've talked a little bit about the roster, maybe the lineup, so to speak. But um, so what are the things ab- about this roster you're most excited about? What are the things you're most concerned about? I think the the one thing that you have to be really concerned about with this roster is going to be um, guard depth because they lost, you know, Carton transferred, Muhammad transferred, um, you know, you had, um, you know, you had Carton and Muhammad there who neither of them were really run the, you know, they didn't really run the point that was mostly CJ Walker the whole season, but you had them to lean on if you, if you needed them. So you lose both of those guys and now you've got CJ Walker there still. And you've got Dwayne Washington, who also is more of a two. He doesn't really he doesn't really work the ball too much. He's going to be off the ball most of the time. So if C.J. Walker gets injured, God forbid, or if uh, you know he's in foul trouble, you're going to have Dwayne Washington handling the ball, and you're going to have um, Abel Porter, who is actually going to be a a grad transfer from Utah State that Holtman pulled in in the middle of the off season, he's going to play basically the Andrew Dockett role of a few years ago where uh, he's going to take me, you know, maybe two, three shots a game. I believe he was a preferred walk on at Utah state um, originally. So he wasn't even like a big factor in their offense, but Holtman just desperately needed somebody who could take the floor, handle the ball for say 10 to 12 minutes a game and just keep things from falling apart. If CJ Walker was to get hurt or in foul trouble 
anything like that. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. And the strength is going to be the flip side. Um, they've got a lot of good, talented wings. They don't really have a true center, but you've got a lot of guys that are between like 6'5 and 6'8 who most of them can shoot and also they can get to the basket. So a guy like Justice Suing and Seth Towns are pretty similar players. They're both pretty big and they both can shoot the ball too. So they're going to keep you honest outside. Um, they're going to pull some bigger defenders outside and then they could go to the rack as well. So you kind of got two sides of the coin there. They've got some good wings, but their guard depth, um, even with bringing in Porter from Utah State, their guard depth still concerns me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, the the depth, I mean, generally I, I try not to react too strongly to depth because um, – if you got a good starter, you're going to be fine. If you got to hold things together for five, 10 minutes, you're going to be all right. Um, but the, it's obviously a concern because really, I mean, Abel Porter might have to back up two guys. We'll, we'll see um, how things go, but uh, certainly at least, at least one position, he's going to probably get five, 10 minutes a game. We'll see. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the the lack of size in the front court, I think is a concern, the lack of a proven big man, specifically because the Big Ten has a really, really deep group of big men coming into this season. Uh, you mentioned Garza earlier. Obviously, he's going to be the favorite for Big Ten Player of the Year, National Player of the Year, and he's just one of many uh, talented big men coming into this season. So that's going to be a challenge for Ohio State. The small ball thing I think will work for the most part. It's just when they run into one of those guys, uh, Cokeburn from Illinois, Garza, that's going to be a problem. Um, we'll see how they handle it. Maybe the the wings can do enough. But conversely, as you said, the wings, deep, talented, diverse. They can play multiple positions. Um, they're going to be able to, to play certain guys more or less depending on the opponent. Um, I mean, there is a chance maybe Kyle Young can move to the four at, at some point too. Um, it's just there's a lot of flexibility at the three and four spots here for Ohio State. So I think you have to be excited about that. Um, and, I mean, I Towns, his experience is a little weird because of the missed time. But you're talking about a lot of, a lot of guys here with a lot of experience. You know, they're going to be a bit of an older team. Um, so I, I think that will be nice, particularly this year, with COVID, with limited practice time and, and all that stuff over the offseason. Um, so that's a uh, a positive. So should be interesting. Should be interesting. Um, the, next, the next segment I usually like to get into is the schedule. Um, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, I have no idea what to make of the schedule um, heading into this year. We still don't have a Big Ten schedule. I presume something like that is going to come out in the next month. Um, I No idea. I don't think anybody really knows. We know that college basketball is going to start November 25th. I'm presuming that that is going to begin with some of those non-conference tournaments, Maui, uh, all, all of that type of stuff. Um, I do have the the non-conference schedule up here that was previously announced. Um, I don't think this is going to hold, but Ohio State was supposed to be in the battle for Atlantis. Um, They're supposed to play North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic, a couple by games. Um, Any thoughts on the schedule? Anything you're looking forward to? Um, Maybe excited it won't be on the schedule uh, heading into this year? 
Well, I do not have that schedule in front of me. So with just off of what you said, um, they, uh, John Rothstein did make an announcement yesterday that the so the battle for Atlantis, which um, I feel terrible for Ohio State because, you know, you wait all these years to get into one of those two big early season tournaments, so either either Maui or the Bahamas and the battle for Atlantis and Bahamas. That's been moved to South Dakota. I don't know if you saw that or not. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So um, it sounds like that tournament's going to happen. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain and think of who's in that tournament. I want to say Ohio State, Indiana, North Carolina, um, maybe Duke. Um, but that's just off for some reason. I'm thinking those four teams. Um, but it sounds like that's going to happen. So that'll be fun to have the Buckeyes in one of those early season tournaments. Um, recently they've been in more of the, uh, you had like the PK 80 classic where you're basically scheduled to play two games and that's it. Whereas if I remember Bahamas and the, uh, battle for Atlantis, that's really like a continue to advance and try to win the crown. So they could get an additional three or four games early in the season against some really good teams. Um, you know, which could be great or terrible for your resume at the end, but kind of sucks that they're going to be playing it in, in South Dakota. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I think you can say that. I'm I'm looking here. Uh, some of the teams that are allegedly, um, well, I, I think they're I think they're kind of confirmed at, at this point. I would have to imagine um, Duke, Memphis, Texas A&M, Utah, Creighton, Wichita State, West Virginia are other teams in the battle for South Dakota. I guess uh, <laughs> so. That's a, a pretty loaded field there. Um, it is one of those things. Um, I, I know Michigan was the Big Ten team in it last year, and mm-hmm. um, I think they jumped from unranked to like top five in a week because they ended up winning it. Um, so it's a lot of opportunity if you can do well there because the field is so stacked. So it right. should be exciting for Ohio State fans. Um, n- not going to be as fun without the uh, the water slides and the uh, – uh, beach shots but i guess uh i don't know what i guess maybe mount rushmore or something will, will be in the background for uh this year's version um so we'll see as i mentioned big 10 schedule is not out um there have been some rumblings that the big 10 may extend conference play um but I, I don't know. I, I think at this point it's hard to speculate. As of now, we have to assume we're going to get the same Big Ten slate, 20 games uh, for the regular season, and then, of course, the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. But um, we'll see. There have been some rumors they're going to try to extend conference play to reduce exposure to other leagues. Um, we'll have to see. But um, mm. So I'm, I'm not going to ask you to break down any games that uh, we, we don't we don't know yet. But, yeah, um, it, it should be interesting. Um, it's going to make for a lot of interesting news, uh, breaking news here over the coming weeks. So um, but with that, let's get into uh, the, the final section or two or a couple of things I, I wanted you to hit on. Um, we've I think we've probably gone through it at this time, but. Um, what is your your projection on the starting lineup for Ohio State this season? Yeah, I actually uh, I actually wrote something about that about a week and a half, maybe it's two weeks ago. Um, with all that's going on in the world, I feel like the days just kind of run together. But um, <laughs> I put out a piece predicting the lineup, and I think it's going to be um, so. Your guards obviously are going to be Walker and Washington, who I think both of them are probably going to um, step it up a lot offensively from what they've done previously, and then. The wings, I would see that being Seth Towns and 
EJ Liddell, who rode the bench most of last year. He was one of the first few guys um, that came, came into games. But down the stretch, he was phenomenal. Um, if you watched him against Illinois, it was Ohio State's senior day, and I believe he had 17 points and 12 rebounds while he was guarding guys like, uh, you know, Bezan Shavili and, you know, Coburn, who were both like seven feet tall. Um, he's just got crazy energy. Um, great rebounder for a guy who's only 6'6". And uh, he really reminds me a lot of Jared Sollinger. So I think Towns and mm. Liddell will be the two starting wings. And then I think that Kyle Young is going to kind of be your center, but you kind of hit on it. You have a lot of wings, threes and fours that are kind of flexible. So I think that you'll see Kyle Young take the assignment with most of the opposing centers. But, you know, kind of like you hit on, would not be shocked if that doesn't go well. You see other guys, you know, you see Liddell, you see Towns, other guys kind of sliding over if it's not working. But I think that he'll take that, that assignment most games and we'll see how that works out. So a lot of people want justice suing to start. Um, I think I tweeted about, you know, the starting lineup a few times last year and people just kept saying, well, suing's going to start, suing's going to start. And I don't think that, I don't think that Justin suing is going to start to begin the year, but he is uh, phenomenal. If he can even get close to putting up the points in the big 10 that he did in the pac 12, then he may very well force himself into the starting lineup pretty quickly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think mine is is pretty similar. I think Walker and Washington are basically locks barring injury or a freshman showing up and just being, you know, the second coming or something of Michael Jordan. Um, and I, I think uh, Towns and Young are basically the same thing. I think the question, um, which you've hit on a lot, is basically can Young hold up at the five consistently? Because if he can, um, Certainly you'd want to put another wing out there because that's where Ohio state's the deepest. That's where they're the most talented. Um, that's where they have the most options. They have Aaron's, uh, they have Liddell. Um, frankly, they, they have backcourt guys. They can move over there if needed um, suing. There's a, there's a lot of options there. So I, I think in a weird way, Ohio state, the best case scenario is probably Kyle young holding up at, at the five. And we've seen it before. I mean, Ohio state did it. What a couple of years with Tate, where they were playing Jay Sean Tate uh, extended minutes um, in the front court. And I'm not going to say it was a final four team, but you know, it, it held up fine. So I, I think it's, it's possible. Um, Young has size. He can bang down low. He can rebound. So I, I think they could probably do it. If he can't, I think that's where you're going to see, they're going to move him back to the four. Um, they're going to play him, you know, reserve minutes at the five and, um, what what do you make of Diallo? Do you think he can play at the five? Do you think he's a little too raw? Uh, I mean, he would, wasn't super encouraging last year. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't see uh, Ibrahima Diallo playing a whole lot again this year. If you watch him, um, I don't even think that it's really in discussion that he would be starting any games right now. He is super raw. I think he didn't start playing basketball until like late middle school, maybe early high school. So there were some games that you saw, like, you know, he's got really good instincts for the ball going up for blocks and rebounds, but just overall his game right now is not, um, I think even close to where some of the other guys in the roster are. I think that Holtman would rather put a handful of guys, even if they're undersized, I think he'd feel more comfortable putting even, you know, Towns or Liddell or Young, um, most of those guys at the five before Diallo, but I could be wrong. I have no idea how much these guys are working this summer. I don't know how much he's progressed. So um, we'll see, but last year he definitely looked like more of a project kind of player that needs some time. 
Yeah, I mean, he only played a handful of minutes uh, through the whole season, so obviously there wasn't a lot of confidence last year. Um, but you know, we we have seen some some uh, projects turn into really great players in the Big Ten. So we'll see. I I think that is you know break the glass in case of emergency type of thing. But more more likely than not, it, it's going to be Kyle Young there. So it should be. It's probably it's going to be an undersized lineup, um, and you just hope the offense can can carry over for the defense there but um but with that um final final question here final topic um what what do you expect at ohio state obviously there are a lot of huge questions as far as the season goes we don't know how it's going to look this is going to be certainly one of the most bizarre seasons in quite some time um what are your thoughts as far as ohio state generally and just assuming that you know we do have an ncaa tournament and we do have a a full season yeah and and First of all, I just want to put out there that I'm super proud so far of the NCAA and how they've started planning for basketball ahead of time, as opposed to a different sport that is struggling right now to get their, you know, their wings under them. Um, I love seeing that they're taking votes on basketball and getting this planned out months in advance because um, that would that would be really tough to see that they had so much time after canceling, you know, the, the giant multi-million dollar tournament that they couldn't, you know, figure it out in six months. Um, so that's really promising. As for Ohio State, um, I don't know if they're going to be, you know, top. I don't know if they're going to win the Big Ten or not. I'm not sure if I would pencil them in at the very top because I think that Iowa and Wisconsin are both going to be really tough. Um, Rutgers, even though I mistakenly ragged on them about 10 minutes ago, they're going to be good too. They return a lot of talent. Um, I think that this could be a year where you see the Big Ten get in like eight or nine tournament teams maybe even 10 but like none of them are better than a three seed and none of them are lower than like a 10 one of those kind of years where mm-hmm. you don't have any teams that are super dominant but you've got a lot of good teams that you're like yeah each of those teams could make the sweet 16 so um there's just so much that still needs to be determined to really guess where any individual team is gonna end up but ohio state's got some guys they've got a lot of potential and they've got a lot of injury questions i mean in a worst case scenario Towns, you know, Towns, Suing, and, and Young, who have all had, you know, injury issues in the past couple of years. Worst case scenario, all three of those guys have issues, and you could be looking at a, a seller dweller of a team. And best case scenario is they all stay healthy, and you're looking at a top three team. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to be determined, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think for me, Ohio State is certainly a team that could move up significantly. They could move down significantly. And that's that's true of a lot of teams in the Big Ten and college basketball in general, just given how much turnover there is across the board now with transfers and uh, early NBA entries and, and all of that stuff. But um, my last set of power rankings, we still got a couple months. I had them eighth in the Big Ten. Um, that's not because I, I don't think they're good because I, I do think they're a team that can make the NCAA tournament and make some noise. Um, the big the big things for me, first off, I mean, you've got four teams in Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, MSU that could be really, really good, uh, like top 15, top 10 type of teams. Um, and then you, you got a couple of other teams, um, Rutgers, super experienced, um, very deep. They know how to win. Uh, Purdue bringing back a lot of guys. There's there's just a lot of teams that that have a lot of proven pieces. Ohio State has a lot of question marks. Um, they got some uh, players that we know can produce: Walker, Washington, Kyle Young. Um, but as you mentioned, and we've talked about extensively here tonight, um, 
a lot's going to ride on Seth Towns, a lot, for better or worse. Um, he needs to produce, and we'll see. I do think he could be an all-Big Ten um, type of player. I'm not sure if he could be first team, but uh, certainly second team, third team, I could see that. And Ohio State's going to need that if they're going to finish higher up, if they're going to make the tournament, do all that kind of stuff. So um, it should be fun. Um, looking forward to it. Um, Connor, uh, last thing, um, any final thoughts here on Ohio State, on the Big Ten, NCAA? And then if you could just tell people where they can check out your stuff. Yeah, so first of all, I'm on Twitter. Um, my handle is um, at Lemons underscore Connor. It's spelled just like lemon. So at L-E-M-O-N-S underscore uh, Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. Um, I'm writing for Land Grant Holy Land. So if you go over to their website, um, most of their basketball stuff is me during the season. It's all me right now because I'm the only person that's writing about basketball in the middle of a time when football is <laughs> resurrecting themselves. Um, but that's my shtick. So that's all right. We're running with it. And just in general for college basketball, I am still pretty concerned just in general about college sports with coronavirus and all this. I don't know um, how they're going to make all this work with guys going to classes and whatnot. I thought in the beginning with football that it was going to fall apart because teams were going to get you know outbreaks on their teams and you can't have that. But with football, it kind of seems like they're saying, well, let's just have all of our guys catch it and we'll just move on. So that's not at all what I expected. And I hope that's not what happens with basketball, but with some of these guys going to class, um, it really just takes one athlete, be it on any team, a basketball team, a football team, baseball team, just one athlete that is lax and makes a bad decision. You could get six, seven, eight guys in a basketball team could catch it. And then what happens? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still really concerned about it, but my mind can't even fathom the idea of not having an NCAA tournament for two years in a row. So I'm going to stay optimistic and, you know, keep our eyes open for any updates that come out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's all we can do at this time. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the big 10 absolutely butchered the, the football return um, and really the NCAA across the board, the conference heads. Um, it, it was absurd that, you know, this pandemic happened, you know, really started in the United States in March, April. Um, by May, we we started having an idea of what was going on. And yet it seemed like the Big Ten just waited to the last week to, to do anything. So it is encouraging to see that the NCAA across the board is trying to get its ducks in a row for basketball here. Well ahead of time, we still have at least two months before this start date of November 25th. Obviously, everybody's fingers are crossed, hoping that we can get off the ground. Um, let's hope so, because, uh, you know, it, it was a real downer, uh, not only missing the tournament, but for us not having something to write about, because uh, the NCAA tournament is obviously the most exciting time of, of our calendar mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Um, so really hoping uh, that's back, really hoping the regular season. Looking forward to it. Um, Connor, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, for all of our listeners, make sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Uh, check out our site. We got a lot of good stuff coming and we'll see you all next time.